1: We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe.
2: Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast Welcome to episode 114 of the Fearless Business Podcast. This is Jamie. I am here with my co host Mary. And today we're talking about organization. What dun dun dun. Mu- yeah. What music should go in there?
1: I don't know. Should it be happy music? Should it be dramatic music? Should it be somber music? It depends how you feel about organization.
2: The sounds of me curled in a corner weeping.
1: <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe that.
2: Before Before the two of you start telling me what songs need to be in there, I'm going to go ahead and just put an editor's note in here that (laughs) one of our co-hosts thought this was episode 120.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll let you all guess which one it was based on which one of us is organized and not.
2: (laughs) That'd be me. I thought it was episode 120. You're welcome. Today's episode is actually a fearless founder. <laughs> it is my good friend Lori Palau. Um, and she has a really, really cool story, but which I'm going to let you guys listen to. But the crux of it is she started with an organization, a personal organizing business. And so that led Mary and I down a path of talking about organization in general, particularly in the time of COVID.
1: <laughs> yes. Now that we are in our homes twenty four seven. Oh my gosh. Yes, it's really, there's yeah. a lot of piles of things. Oh my gosh, the clothes. Okay, so we're also changing seasons now, at least here in the Northeast, right? It's it's getting nicer, it's getting warmer. And my girls have apparently gone through yet another growth spurt. So it is time to like swap out the seasonal clothes and see what even still fits and not and whatever. There's clothes everywhere, everywhere.
2: Mary, we just did this with my two sons on this past weekend. They look like Pee Wee Herman in their clothes. Like my oldest walked out the other day and I was like, are you wearing your brother's stuff? And he's like, yeah. nothing fits and it's super tight and it hurts. And I was like, I am not We It it fit yesterday. Like it was his sleeves were like mid you know, forearm. It's like mid calf. Their pants. It, it was. We got rid of everything.
1: Yeah, my younger one is tall, like taller than the older one. So she's in the older one's clothes, but like she's growing out of them faster. I guess. I don't. I don't know. I don't. She's taller. Well, she's not. She's not taller. But uh, for uh, at uh, this time, Oh, yeah. I was. For like, being almost four, she's taller than my older one is was when she was almost four okay I was like so oh, like she remember. put pants on the other day and they were like I was like are those capris <laughs> like
2: <laughs> it's a little easier to get away with that um with girl clothes than with boy clothes um yeah because you can be like oh yeah they're just capris now like ours just look like I said like peewee hermit it wasn't good uh I put everything in bags because I just can't handle it it was yeah
1: well, so I took out the bags for the next set of clothes, right? So I, I have hand me downs for the younger one, obviously. But for my older one, actually I have hand me downs for her too from my niece. But it's you know, it it depends, like the style as they get older, like the style and does it fit the same and everything. So I don't have as much for her and now stuff isn't fitting and it's and it's like, okay, I, I was making a list of like stuff that I need to buy now that and even for summertime, like sandals and all that, because I don't have it.
2: We did the exact same thing. The good news is my kids don't actually care what they wear as long as it's made of mesh material. We're in good shape. Like <laughs> they don't, they don't care at all. But the little one gets nothing, and the big one gets everything new. So my in-laws get really upset. They're like, "What can we buy the little one?" I was like, "Nothing." <laughs> like, he thinks it's all new. <laughs>
1: I have so many clothes. And I mean, they're still like in decent shape too. Like I keep the stuff in decent shape. Her drawers are packed with clothes. I'm like, okay, she doesn't, she doesn't need anything. It's like absolutely 14 nothing. bathing suits. I was like,
2: he's one human. Like what he did it's crazy.
1: Yeah. Too much stuff.
2: But yeah, the the organization is,
1: it's gone out the window. Yeah. It's, I know I have like little piles. Well, my husband really does not like clutter But you know, in my defense, not that I love color clutter, but in my defense, I'm also the one that has to do all these have to, but I end up doing all these random things around the house or even paperwork or whatever it is. So he wants to like throw everything out, and I'm like, but I need that. Do you want to do it instead of me? Because otherwise, don't throw it away. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. I uh, I'm I'm guilty of piles and notebooks. I have a lot of notebooks. I've started moving things to my office. <laughs> so oh, it's like, that's... Oh, good. Sorry. You can't see it here.
1: <laughs> so I put stuff in the third bedroom and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get to that. You know, it's in the third bedroom. I'm like, it's great because like you can't see it around. He's like, but I know it's in the third bedroom. <laughs> like, so don't go in there. Yeah, exactly. I always know
2: when things have gone wrong and I, my, my barometer is what's on top of my toaster. Like I'm like, that's gotten out of control And I'm lifting a pile of papers that I may or may not be able to carry. And that's when I know things have gone badly and I need to to fix to fix my life. (laughs) The pile of papers on top of the toaster right now is very high.
1: (laughs) I have one. I have one on the counter. Like when you first walk in the higher part of the kitchen counter and my husband, he actually like just picked up the whole pile today and was like looking at it horrified and like semi rolling his eyes, but also like what is going on? And I'm just like, yeah, Stop. Can't.
2: So I'd like to apologize to Lori for making this her intro. But on the flip side, perhaps many people can relate and need personal organizing services. <laughs> so-
1: hopefully, hopefully we're not the only two out there.
2: I hope not. I don't know. It's a mess. It's
1: it's everything is, I'm yeah. I have a lot of lists. A lot of. And there's different types of organized. So it's like we're talking about the house right now, you know, but like there's other things to be organized, you know. And then there's school. Got to keep organized on that and then work. And yeah, I'm not organized. I'm never going to be
2: organized. I've come to grips with that. I'm okay with it.
1: Yeah. I really am. For some things. For some things, I'm super organized. And for other things, I just, I think, I don't think it's important enough. And then I'm just like, doesn't matter. So I'm not going to waste my time organizing.
2: It brings me back to like my college years and when I took economics, like the law of diminishing returns, I was like, I could spend 45 minutes on that piece of paper, on that pile of paper, or I could watch Veep two episodes and I'd be way happier and I'll just ignore that pile of paper. And if I'm going to compare, do a little economic analysis, I think I'm coming out ahead. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Very logical. That's
2: what Mm -hmm. I'm aiming to do.
1: That's why I have thousands of unread emails. I can't do that. My
2: email, my inbox, if I get over 50, I start to palpitate.
1: See, I... Like it does not bother me. People get horrified when they see my email. It does not bother me at all. I could like, I don't know, maybe set a record for a number of unread emails because a lot of it like is in my one account where it's like junk email, like coupons and whatever. But like, I don't want to necessarily like I just go in and search when I need the coupon and then I use it. But for me, it seems like a waste of time to get rid of all my past unread emails. Like, what's the point?
2: I delete my emails every single day.
1: No. Oh my God. I can't be bothered. I mean, how did I not know I, this about you? Yeah. I don't know, but yeah. <sighs> my, my
2: older son is like the email police and he comes in and he looks. He's like, how you doing on your inbox? <laughs> I swear he's like, you're over 50 in the hashtag legal
1: inbox. He's like, you need to check your email. It's like, stop shaming me. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, I keep up with like recently, you know, recently on in my emails, but like my old email address that still has all these and I keep getting more. I'm like, no, I just I just don't care.
2: I abandoned (laughs) a Yahoo email address for many reasons, but one of them was because I got too far behind and couldn't look at it. So I just gave it up. I just I was like, I can't I can't see this anymore. That's how I feel about email. It makes me it makes me itch to have too many emails in my, I don't think I have more than a hundred emails in any inbox.
1: I, a couple of my other close friends, this is maybe why we're friends. A couple of them are, we're like yin and yang because they were also horrified when they saw on my phone that I had like a notification of like, whatever, 10,000 emails <gasps> or whatever. <laughs> it hurts. Yeah. I think it was more than that. At oh the time. my goodness. But yeah. yet
2: you're so organized in your business I know. and I'm so disorganized. So like, go figure. Right. Sorry, Brie. I feel like I need to apologize to my director of operations who keeps me organized on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I'm good at like three things and organization is not one of them. But I'm really good at my emails.
1: But you're really good at your email. That's important. Yeah, that's true.
2: Oh, my goodness. Yes. Well, I feel like we should introduce poor Lori, who has a really cool story. And I think you guys will be really interested. I want to hear about how organized everyone is. Just like tell us how you're organized because I just want to live vicariously through you. So Lori Palau is the author of the book, Hot Masks, A Practical Guide to Getting Organized, host of the popular weekly podcast, This Organized Life, which is produced by the great Don Jackson of Raven Media Group, and founder of Simply Be Organized, a lifestyle company helping people live simply and work smarter. Her advice has been featured in national publications, including Real Simple and the New York Times. Lori speaks on the topics of clutter, parenting, and entrepreneurship. Her Clutter Clinic is a nationwide workshop providing strategies to help your team, group, or organization feel more empowered to tackle the areas where they feel most overwhelmed. I need Lori. A self described homebody and coffee lover, Lori lives in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, with her husband Josh, two daughters, and their dog Jeter. And now on to the interview. I am so excited today. I am here with Lori Palau of Simply Be Organized. I feel like I've known you
0: like forever. <laughs> Doesn't it feel that way? I feel like we grew up together.
2: It really does. I want today, I love doing Fearless Founders, and I'm very excited that you've agreed to come on and talk about your journey because you have a really cool story about the evolution of your business. But before we dive into that, Why don't you tell everybody about yourself um, and a little bit about your business?
0: So a little bit about myself. So I'm a mom to two almost grown daughters. I have a 19-year-old and a 16-year-old. I'm super active in my community. I run a business. I'm a big proponent of empowering women and building community. And I'm super psyched to be here sharing my story with your Community of listeners. Hey, I'm
2: excited too. So, tell tell the audience. Let's let me hear a little bit about your company. It's been, I feel like it's been a few different things at this point.
0: (laughs) It has morphed. (laughs) So, I'll try to give you the Cliff Notes version. In 2009, I started what was strictly an on-site professional residential organizing business, where I would go in to people's new homes and help them declutter go in and organize their stuff. And you got to remember it was a completely different landscape of the industry. There was no Marie Kondo. There was <laughs> no talk of this being like a mainstream real industry per se. Uh, people were doing it, but it was really not an extension of self-care the way it is nowadays, where it was really more for the elite people or hoarders. Like if the so I spent a lot of my time just trying to figure out, you know, explain to people what I do and it just People will be questioning me that, is this even a business? But it was. And and for me, I always approached it from the business side of the business. I'm very focused. I come from a sales background. I spent 15 years as an executive recruiter. As a mom with two small kids, when I was working, I knew that I needed systems and strategies in order for myself to function. And so I would see some of my friends, whether they were stay-at-home moms or they were working moms. And they were struggling with some of the basic day-to-day stuff. And I knew that there was an easier way and that I could help them navigate through that. So I turned into a business, essentially. And it worked for me because at the time, my kids were much younger. My husband traveled a ton. And so I really needed a job that allowed me the flexibility to manipulate my schedule where I wasn't tied to a desk and tied to, you know, a quote unquote, nine to five. You know, I wanted to be present to be able to put my kids on the bus and be there after in the afternoons. And I wanted to be able to run my kids back and forth to soccer practice or basketball practice or whatever it was. Being my own boss allowed me the flexibility to be able to manipulate my schedule. And it really started resonating with people. So the business started to grow pretty quickly through word of mouth. But I realized that there were only so many hours in the day, and I really wanted to reach a broader audience. So this is back in the days of like mommy blogging. You're talking like 2009, 2010. I started doing writing. I wrote, you know, a column for a local and regional magazine outside of Philadelphia and just started kind of building my digital footprint, if you will. And again, there was no Instagram when I started. There was no Pinterest. Like I say these things because I talk to people now and I do in my current role and we'll get to that. You know, I mentor a lot of people that are just starting in the business. You know, a lot of these professional organizers They're just starting it with an Instagram page and building a following that way. Like that wasn't even something that was available at the time. I always tell a funny story that my now 16-year-old used to tell people that I was in the business of flyers (laughs) because (laughs) she would be in the car seat and I would literally have like, flyers that I would put in people's mailboxes, like getting the word out, like old school. Oh, like,
2: funny. I they'd love that. And they like, what that. does your
0: mom do? And she'd be like, she does
2: flyers. She gives and paper out to people. She does. <laughs> so how did that start to change over the years?
0: I started just kind of looking at my business a little bit more strategically and understanding that I'm a connector, right? So for any tipping point people, like I'm a connector by nature. And I like to I'm a bit of a problem solver, and I knew that I could only scale my business so much without bringing on an entire staff of people, and that wasn't what I wanted to do. I didn't want to manage a team of people. Now, I do have a small core staff, but I didn't want to franchise my business, but I wanted it to be able to scale and grow. Fast forward as my business was growing and evolving throughout you know, the years, fast forward to like 2017, and... That was probably the big turning point in my business. I wrote a book and I launched a podcast. Those two big moments really allowed me to expand my digital footprint well outside, even though I had built a very loyal subscriber base and a solid social media following. I really connected with people in a different way through the book and the podcast. And what I realized was I was not only resonating with other or people who needed professional organizing help and strategies, but I was also connecting with other professional organizers. I had this like little mini light bulb moment, if you will, where I said, well, what if I create in a a community where I could help to inspire and empower other professional organizers that are just trying to figure it out on their own, because as much as I love the autonomy of my business and that there is, isn't a lot of like red tape that you got to go through, you're a, as a solopreneur, anybody that's a solopreneur in whatever industry you're in, it can be a little bit isolating. And so to have a community of people that you could connect with that understood your businesses and the trials in your business, I thought it would be something that was valuable. And it was some wasn't something that I had for myself. I kind of just figured it out. I created a partner program, which is a way for me to connect my audience with professional organizers all around the globe. It's a way for me to connect other professional organizers with each other. We do, uh, you know, monthly Zoom calls and I have a whole library of content in terms of materials that they might need to help them build their business. Because my motto is all about community over competition. I think a lot of people see, you know, in a saturated market, there's somebody else popping up as, as a competition. And I'm trying to rewrite that narrative. I
2: love what you're talking about when when you say community over competition. I think um, I think though that building community is a very different skill set than running a business, um, and so I feel like that shift must have been had its challenges. Did you ever have any moments, or or what were I would say the biggest lessons that you had when you went from client services to actually creating a community that was supporting people that were in your Industry who may be competitive with each other.
0: I think authenticity and just being very direct, which comes naturally to me. And you and I were talking about that. You know, I, I am a believer that honesty is the best policy, right? And I think just being upfront with your intentions and looking at what the value is for the person on the receiving end, right? As well as the value for yourself. The interesting thing is I'm about two years into the partner program. And even within those two years, we've made tweaks to even kind of our approach to how we are positioning ourselves to other organizers, how we are reaching out and what our messaging is. You know, originally when I first started, I had this kind of vision in my mind that it was going to be all of these really experienced thought leaders that were, you know, coming together as we're going to be this force to be reckoned with. And then I started realizing, well, they might not need or want my thoughts or opinions, but somebody who is maybe a little bit more junior, or maybe they're They've been doing their business for a while, but they struggle with the business side of the business. Maybe they're great on site organizing, but they really struggle when it comes to email marketing or diversifying their portfolio of service offerings or any of the other kind of business facets. Maybe those are the people that I need to be targeting as opposed to the people that seem like they have it all together on social media. So I think really saying, here's what we can offer, here's the portfolio of services that we offer. Tell me if some of this makes sense to you. But I also believe that as much as it's nice to have like a, a menu of offerings, I still think it's important to be niched. And I I think for me, even when I was a recruiter all those years ago, I was very, I recruited in a very niche specific industry. And I see myself, like I'm very clear on where my lane is. And I see a lot of people, especially in my industry, because it's a little bit like the wild, wild west, and it is so easy for people to start their own professional organizing businesses. You don't have to go to law school. You know, you don't have to get an advanced degree. You know, if you are, if you're talented, you know, if you have a knack for this and you enjoy it, you could hang up your shingle and call yourself a professional organizer. But there's a lot more that really goes into running a business. Trying to help people kind of establish their lane is something that I really enjoy helping them kind of through that journey. So- I don't know if that. Yeah. Do
2: you find yourself doing a lot of mentorship in this partner program?
0: Yes, and I love it. And that has been, again, just sort of a natural evolution of that. When I started it, it really wasn't kind of my goal to do that. Like I really just hadn't thought about that. But that was a natural evolution of it because we do these these monthly. It started as quarterly webinars for the partners, and then it increased to monthly. And then we, so it's more of a group setting. And then I had our partners come to me, some of them one-on-one and saying, you know, do you, can you work with me one-on-one, which was great because just like the organizing part of my business, it really has grown very organically. And I try to just listen to what their needs are and come up with a solution for that.
2: I feel like that's the key to a long business is following where it takes you because you sort of start off with a vision, but sometimes something presents itself. And I think the the founders that I speak to who've had the most success or who've had the most longevity are the ones who are willing to make a turn, make a change or see an opportunity and just take it.
0: Absolutely. And for me, it's interesting because I still have And I have moments of identity crisis, don't get me wrong, because, you know, my podcast is all about ways that people can live simply and work smarter. So that could apply at home, that could apply in the workplace, that could apply to a student. Like there's so many, that's that's a pretty broad umbrella. I... Have almost like two different core target markets, if you will. And my one is more the B2B, where growing that network of professional organizers that can help go and serve people in a B2C community. But also, you know, I still have some skin in the game with some clients I don't see a lot. But I think in order for me to continue to be relevant and speak about trends in the industry and mentor and talk and about organizing or decluttering, I need to still be involved in that. So I still have that side of my business. So sometimes I do feel like I'm having a little bit of, you know, I have my moments. So I just, you know, want to share that with any of our other founders. It's not like I have, I have it all figured out.
2: If anyone says that they do, they're lying.
0: (laughs) is the answer. Well it sounds
2: like the podcast for you serves two different purposes, which is incredible that you'd be able to serve two different communities by creating the same content. Cause I feel like people will in your, you know, when you're reaching out into businesses, it gives you credibility and trust for them. And then potentially just in general, in organizing or offering those services, it enables you to continue to keep those skills going. So I feel like that's like the best of all worlds to be able to have it serve both of the sides of your business.
0: It's been great. And one of the things that I love, which has just been a real organic byproduct is I think, I think people just it becomes contagious. Like if you come with like a, You know, if an open, an open mind without an ulterior motive of, I just want to help share content. You know, my goal is to be able to help as many people feel free from clutter. And I can't do that alone. My ideas are not the only ones out there that are good. My social media feed is not the only, you know, is not the greatest by any stretch of the imagination. But you know what? There's a lot of people that are sharing great content, whether it's written content, whether it's visual images or or podcasts that are doing great things. So if I can help promote them and showcase that, then I'm serving that's a win-win for everybody. And so when I start to do that, I start to see our other partners continue that. So now they're sharing other partners' work and which is just a natural byproduct. When you say, you know what, if we are lifting somebody else up, it's not detracting from ourselves.
2: I love that message. It it is absolutely possible for there to be room for everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, a hundred percent.
2: That is cool. So you're a mentor to so many people, uh, and obviously people look to you for a certain leadership. Do you have anybody that you look to or who's helped you along this journey? I mean, this
0: is now going on eleven years for you. Um, you maybe? <laughs> Aww, <Lori. laughs> um, I mean, I think it's very important. Mm-hmm to surround yourself with smart people in areas where you're not because you, you can't do it all by yourself. Well, you could try, but it's going to fail, right? Like you're going to get frustrated for me, whether it's in my personal life where I'm like, I know what my bandwidth is. And just because I can cut the lawn doesn't mean I'm going to because that's not the best use of my time. Do you know, it's not that I'm above it. You know, like I always say to people, I have a cleaning person, not because I'm too good to do it, but I'm fortunate that I'm in a position that I can afford to, to have somebody do that. And my time can be better served elsewhere. For me, as opposed to trying to figure every nook and cranny out, on my own to like save a buck or try to just say, look at what I do. Like you don't win any awards for that. I would rather be smart about the decisions I make and align myself with people that are going to bring value in their own right that we can you know, so that I can continue to run a successful business.
2: Yeah, I'm a firm believer that you cannot make weaknesses into strengths. You can deal with them, you can certainly try and sort of prop them up and put some band-aids on them. But I am never going to be an organized person. That is just my lot in life. And I'm never going to be that. So what I've done is surrounded myself with one of the most amazing and organized women ever to run my operations of my business. Because I know that that's just I could read all the books in the world, listen to all the podcasts, take all the courses, and it just won't ever come naturally to me. So I sort of found other people around me who can make who can make up for the places where I'm not as strong. And I think that's the that's the way to go for sure. But they also have to be people I think that you can trust and who are honest and very much like what you've built in your community.
0: Yes. And I, and I think it's, I'm not somebody who's afraid of feed. I encourage feedback, you know, and if I'm doing something that's not working, I'm just, you can't be afraid to, to have something not work, right. Or, or fail or like I've tried things that I'm like, well, that was kind of a waste of time and money, you know, like that didn't work out the way I want, but it was a learning experience. And the other thing is, you know, there's a lot of insecurity when it comes to running a business, right. And you, we take it, people take it very personally. This is their baby. And we, there's a lot of equity, whether it's sweat equity, financial equity that, you know, time that we put into it. Nobody really cares what you're doing. And that's the thing As I say, like, I'll talk to people and they're like afraid to put a newsletter out because it's not perfect. And I'm like, guess what? You know, like not everyone's so worried about their own life. Like nobody's worried about what you're doing. And so I think for me, it's just about saying, okay, I'm going to put this out here. And if it's falls, you know, flat on its face. Okay, well, then we know we won't do it. Or if we need to tweak it, then we will. But just don't be afraid to try.
2: I am such a I love failing. I I, I say this all the time. I think it's some of the biggest gifts I've ever gotten is when I have like an epic fail. <laughs> because then you can sit back and after you're done being sad about it. Because uh, it's okay to have, you know, as are we? people may not know this, but we share the same producer. So our producer, (laughs) Lori also uses Don as a producer, but he always says you get your 24 hours. And after you get your 24 hours of being sad, mad, whatever emotion you feel, you have to step back and really look at those failures and say, you know, why did this happen? What can I take from it? And how can I turn this around? And I think those are the best experiences. If you're succeeding all the
0: time, you're kind of not learning anything. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and that's the thing is, for me, it's, I'm, always trying to think about what can I do that's just going to bring value to the people around me so that if I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to do something for my business or my in real life community, you know, if I'm going to do something, what is it going to make me feel like I can put my head down on the pillow at night and feel good about that? And listen, there are days that not every day is like rah, rah, win. But I think if you can just approach your business for any founders that are out there listening or somebody that's thinking about starting a business, you know, just just think about like, what are, what are the gifts I have and how can I use that? How can I use that or surround myself with people that are going to bring that up so that I can continue to share my messaging. And so my partner program has been great because it's allowed me to be able to focus in on other areas of my business and showcase my organizers who are in the trenches all day long just pepper my social media with great before and after pics, you know? I because love that. Yeah, for sure. That's not my thing.
2: So, what do you do on the days, you know, the not so rah rah days, the days where you're, you know, not feeling as fearless as we'd always like to see? How do you handle that?
0: I try to give myself a little time each day. And I think everybody's different, right? It's about how some people need like a full day. I'm good with just like, I approach each day with the morning as a reset. That's just how I've always been like, okay, you know, if the day is kind of going off the rails for whatever reason, it could be I'm having technical difficulties. It could be, you know, something didn't go as planned, whatever it is. I just know tomorrow I get to hit the reset button. That's just how I kind of try to approach life. In general, in my that's just a natural byproduct in my business. So every morning, I just am like, okay, this is going to be, you know, I always am like, you're starting the day with a full tank, you know, like let's see how it can go. If I'm having a bad day, I know that tomorrow's going to be a fresh start, and I'll just. You know, I'm not a wallower by nature. I'm not somebody who tends to sit in it. Um, if something's not going right, I try to fix it. Um, and i've I've mellowed quite a bit. Don is probably like, really <laughs> but I have. I'm sure he's like, "Are you kidding me? But like things that used to make me fly off the handle and, you know, be explosive, I'm now just like, okay, we'll we'll figure it out. So I still get annoyed about things, but I try to look more big picture. Like at the end of the day, is this something? Like a month from now, is it really going to matter that my blog post didn't get posted exactly when I wanted it to or, you know, something didn't go exactly right? I
2: like that perspective that am I going to think about this in a month? Yeah. That's a good one. I, I often use that framework if I feel like really lost in details of something. I'm like, am I going to remember this like next week? <laughs> and the answer is almost always like, no, you're not. <laughs> so what's next? We've talked about this awesome journey that you've taken where do you see yourself going?
0: Well, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) That's a great question. Um, I really don't know. I mean, I know that I have, I have lots of ideas and it's about executing them and how's, how can I get the messaging out to people? Um, I would love to continue mentoring other people again, I feel it's important. I like being very niche specific in my industry um, because I know for me, my personal experience when I was a few years into my business and I sought help from like a business coach or mentor. And I went to somebody who was like, came super highly referred and she was great. And I'm not knocking her, but she came out of corporate. She was married with no kids and i you know, I don't want to say I blame myself, but you know, I didn't do my homework. You know, I was looking at the byproduct of like, oh, she's helped so and so, she's done this, she makes this amount of money. All of these things really, truly didn't relate because when it came down to it, the obstacles that I were face- that I was facing, whether it's the challenges in the industry I was in or how do I navigate being a present mom and building a business at the same time she couldn't speak to either of those because she didn't have that that knowledge i always just tell people now whether you you know whether you're mentoring in whatever business if you're hiring somebody to help you make sure that it's the right fit you know it's not just i built a six figure income or a seven figure income like i think we uh, we have a tendency to just get caught up in that And really making sure that you are working with the people that are right for you in your business. And so that's what I kind of my messaging is to people. And I might not be the right person for somebody, but just know, you know, know the people that you're working with and know what really your priorities are. You know, especially in my industry, I see so many people that get caught up in this like two dimensional perspective of what they see on social media as success And I'm like, you're just seeing what people are putting out there. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's accurate. So just to continue to be an authentic voice for people, continue with the messaging of, you know, living simply whatever that looks like for you. It doesn't mean that you have to be a minimalist, but whatever that looks like, because I'm not a minimalist, but, you know, just being, you know, enjoying the time that you have on this planet, you know? Yeah,
2: I love. I like that. We always close with one question. Uh, we ask all of our fearless founders, and that is, "What is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self?"
0: Really? You, yeah. You
2: really? Will? Yeah, I do. Um, Everyone always pauses. Oh, no, no. So. I well,
0: because I know what I I I want to say. Just be less judgmental. I was very like hard because I have a very defined sense of right and wrong, and I'm a doer and somewhat altruistic and that can come across as prideful and that's not necessarily what my intention is but I think it it, I'm sure my younger self came across as a lot less with a lot less grace and mercy than I would have now so I think I would just say like chill out and just kind of lead by example as opposed to being so judgy of others I like that. I like your honesty. That's very cool.
2: Now tell everyone where they can find you, please.
0: So the best place is at my website where you can connect with me everywhere. And that is simply the letter B, like boy, organized.com. Uh, If you're a podcast listener, which I would imagine you are, you can also head on over and look up our podcast, which is called This Organized Life. Not disorganized life. Do you know a lot of people say it's disorganized? I go no. Oh gosh, <laughs> that would I kind go, of defeat no, the purpose. Yes, T H I F. This organized life, and you can find that anywhere. And yeah, I'm all over social at Simply Be Organized. So that's best way place.
2: Thanks for coming on, Lori. This was fun.
0: Thanks for having me, Jamie. I appreciate it.
2: As a side note, we I recorded with Lori in February, so prior to the COVID nineteen pandemic. So you may actually need Lori even more now. I
1: know I do. Okay, yeah, I I definitely need organizational support at home. Oh, this feels like too much, you know? Yeah, it's it's a lot.
2: I she's awesome. She's so funny and so interesting, and like what she created is so cool to me. I've known Lori a long time and I, I have a lot of respect for all the work that she's done and, and she's awesome and she's really organized. <laughs>
1: oh, is she? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: I've just organized people.
1: It's true. Like, cause I, cause I feel there's people that are way more organized than me. So I know you think I'm organized and I feel organized sometimes, but other times I'm like, I know people that seem like way more organized than me
2: those people are suspect
1: no they're like Lori's.
2: suspect no i'm just kidding i'm just jealous because i'm <laughs> yeah. not organized but it's okay you know who's one of the most organized people i've ever met amber de la garza well i would hope she's pretty organized because she teaches about productivity <laughs> she does she is so organized it's yeah if
1: you said she wasn't organized it'd be a problem i would yes i would say it's probably a problem for her business yeah she's but yeah she's i remember she we were at a conference and she showed me her her notebook it was like whoa oh yeah impressive super impressive it's unbelievable a lot of respect
2: all the respect for all the organized people who are listening i see you and i want to be you and i never will be
1: i will say the same about anyone that hasn't email inbox of zero <laughs> <laughs> that actually could be me because i'm close i don't know, I don't know if i want to be that I, it doesn't it doesn't bother me <laughs> that's unbelievable don't maybe let it then don't focus on it. like maybe it's unknown mental clutter in my head i don't know mm, there you go i like it but i'm i am curious i want to hear what people how people handle their inbox. We should do a poll. The a poll. The yes.
2: email z- inbox zero people versus the ten thousand or more people, and yeah. see. There's a strong yeah. divide there, for sure. I like it. All I'm right. Very curious. Tell us and tell us why it doesn't bother you because I don't understand it. <laughs> You can find us in the Fearless Business Podcast HQ, a Facebook group. You just search Fearless Business Podcast or at FearlessBusinessPodcast.com or anywhere that you listen to podcasts.
1: Thanks for listening and talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too please visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag legal.com.
2: And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit the transitionscollective.com. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time.